Welcome to General Conference Review, the podcast where we provide peanut gallery commentary and sometimes thought-provoking analysis of the semi-annual General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hosted by a team of experienced and professional individuals. Well, maybe not professional, more like average, like very average and kind of knowledgeable. Our podcast offers an average Joe's insight and reflections on the teachings and doctrines presented during the conference. But we don't stop there. We also encourage our listeners to review the conference talks for themselves in order to gain the fullest understanding and benefit from the messages shared. As a Christian podcast, we strive to to create an engaging and informative experience for listeners of all backgrounds, drawing on the desire to follow the prophets and, and apostles, which offer a unique perspective on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Join us as we explore the latest teachings and messages from the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and dive deep into the spiritual insights that can be gained from studying the words of the prophets. Hello and welcome to another fantastic and fabulous edition of General Conference Review. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kevin Beamer, and with me, as always, I never do this without him my good friend, Todd Bruce. Hey, Todd, how's it going? Good, Kevin. How you doing? Good. <laughs> you can try to do uh, it without me, but it all records on my stuff, so it would be... Uh, I, I'd i never do it without you. I'm confident you could do it. I'm confident you could pull it off. <laughs> never. Not interested. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so tonight, or whenever, whoever's listening to this, we are going over the talk from October 2023 General Conference by Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf, called The Prodigal and the Road That Leads Home. That talk is by Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf, The Prodigal and the Road That Leads Home. And this is a great talk. It's a little different, though, how we're going to approach it today. We're going to talk about the prodigal son's story, and then we're going to go through the sections of the talk, rather than uh, our regular mode which viewers might be like i didn't know you had a mode of (laughs) we just thought it was random just barf uh your your thoughts and opinions and your tangents during the yeah you ruined the talks no it's such a wonderful talk and it's probably the best version of the prodigal son i've heard but uh as far as sharing it beyond just reading it i don't know how else to go through it so we're gonna you know, Kevin and I talked offline. I think we just got to share the high level and then and then get into some of the some of the specifics and see where we, see where that takes us. Yeah. So what this talk is, it starts out the prodigal son. It's the story of the prodigal son, found in Luke, and Elder Uchtdorf just does a great job extrapolating uh, from that story because there's only tw- about twenty verses. Todd was saying earlier, and we looked at this earlier. Um, so the very basic high level talk, a guy has two sons. One says, I want my inheritance now. I'm going to, and I want to go and leave and waste it away. So the father lets him do that. Uh-huh. Not many fathers would, I don't think <laughs> yeah. in real life. He goes and does that. It, he's having a blast. He's got some funny hashtags that Elder Uchtdorf thinks he, he would use. And then it goes bad. There's a famine. He's got no money, no friends, no support, having trouble eating. 
he's doing something for work that's below his <laughs> below uh, nation below his yeah standards below below you know like yeah it's pretty low for 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 what we know about uh the israelites and the and their and their diet the fact that he's working with pigs would be pretty low and the fact that he's jealous of what the pigs are eating yeah yeah it's not going great not great. so he, he finally has this stroke of inspiration that he should go home and his dad working for his dad as a servant he'll get treated better he gets home and his dad is like this is the greatest thing ever there's a celebration it frustrates his other son that this new guy's getting celebrated and that's pretty much the high high level prodigal son i don't know if you wanted to add anything before we start going through sections there todd it's very high level so it's it's uh, excuse us for skipping over things or there's there are certain lines in this parable that i love uh, we're gonna get into it so that's why we we, we did super high level uh yeah all right back to the beginning he had two sons a certain man had two sons um he 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 i'll read this little section we'll talk about i think actually i think you have it a certain man had two sons um i think you had this section maybe not sure yeah whatever you want (laughs) (laughs) you can tell we're really organized on this one yeah (laughs) so i'll just jump into it read the last couple paragraphs of the first section and it starts with he begins with these simple words a certain man had two sons uh i just wanted to make sure we said it another time And Elder Uchtdorf says, immediately we learn of a heartbreaking conflict. One son tells his father he is through with life at home. He wants his freedom. He wants to leave behind the culture and teachings of his parents. He asks for his share of the inheritance now. Can you imagine what the father felt when he heard this? When he realized that what his son wanted more than anything else was to leave the family and perhaps never return. That's pretty deep. Pretty, when we take this opportunity to liken the scriptures unto ourselves as a father i'm like oh oh <laughs> yeah well, I, don't, I don't i don't know how i'd handle that give your child their freedom and let them go and do you know let's it's a scary thing to allow your 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 child to, to to move on or do their own things or go out into the world we want to protect our kids and we want to prepare them and we want to do all the things that we could possibly do you know, insulate them as much as we can without doing it for them, right? Um, and this father loved his kid enough to let him, let him learn, let him, let him, let him go out. But he, I'm sure his heart was broken. Yeah, it it reminds me of some of the training that the church does for youth leaders, and it often ta- it says let the youth lead, which also means you need to let them fail. And so this is what this reminds me of a wise father even though he doesn't want his son to leave. He wants his son to be successful and have joy in his life. And he knows what his son's going to do will not bring that, but he's got to let him fail. Yeah. He's going to learn. And, and mm-hmm. he does. He goes out and he is super excited. He's, he's jazzed. He's got money. He's got, um, you know, freedom. He's not, he doesn't you know, owe anything to anybody. Um, you know, he continues arriving in a faraway country. He quickly made new friends, began living the life he had always dreamed of. He must have had, a, a, he must have had a favorite of many 
must have been a favorite for of many, for he spent money freely. His new friends, beneficiaries of his uh, prodigal, prodigality, did not judge him. They celebrated, applauded, and championed his choices. He, had there been social media in that time, surely he would have filled pages with animated photos of laughing friends. Hashtag living my best life. Hashtag never happier. Hashtag should have done this long ago. Uh, and, you know, living in the world we live, we've we've seen the probably seen those hashtags or similar ones and people just um you know couldn't be happier with some of the decisions they're making and it just i'm sure they their parents are 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 devastated and sad and and you know praying that you know their children will be insulated and protected and that will learn lessons that they need to learn to help them bring them back but also be safe that's mm-hmm. a hard thing so he's he's having a good time, and uh, but you know uh, the party didn't last as they never do. Uh, two things happened: first, he ran out of money, and second, a famine swept through the land. So this was a a a child of substance. He his dad had a huge property. He he worked on the property, but he wasn't like a servant on the property. He was one of the sons. So like he 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 kind of knew how to work, but didn't ever had to work quite as hard as. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might have needed to and uh man when a famine hits and you're out of money and you got to try to figure out what's going on uh not a good time to be out of work well and then his so-called friends didn't support him it says later on the scriptures tell us yeah no man gave unto him <laughs> yeah so he'd been just handing that money out like candy or quicker than candy like trick-or-treating or something yeah and nobody's going to give it back. Nobody's going to look after him or help him out now. <laughs> so, uh, Elder continues, he says, desperate to remain alive, he found a local farmer who hired him to feed swine. That's a big deal. <laughs> That's a big deal, yeah. It's, the, it's but, more than low. Yeah, which is why it's used as an example here. So, he's doing this low, low job. He's hungry. He's jealous of what the pigs are eating. And at some point he decides to return to his father. And I love, I'm just going to go down there, uh, how Elder Uchtdorf portrays the possibility of what he maybe mentally went through. Yeah. He goes, but return to his father? Never. Confess to his village that he had squandered his inheritance? Impossible. Face the neighbors who surely had warned him that he was disgracing his family and breaking his parents' hearts. Return to his old friends after boasting of how he was breaking free? Unbearable. But the hunger, loneliness, and remorse simply wouldn't go away until he came to himself. He knew what he needed to do. A lot of these things uh, I didn't think of that he might have had to wrestle with. Obviously, returning home is some pride you have to swallow, but all the people around that had sort of said, you fool, you've got a good gig. Don't do this to your family. Don't do this to yourself. And, and when he left though, he like blew it up. He like full torch mode it, yeah. torch mode, right? Like torched everything, burned, that bridge. burned the bridges. Uh, it reminds me of, I knew someone <laughs> that wasn't happy in their ward that they were living in a member that I knew. And they were going to move, so they just made sure to tell the bishop of that ward how terrible that bishop was. 
like full torched and then they weren't able to actually move. Tragic on so many levels. Hopefully that bishop didn't take it personally, and hopefully they were able to work it out. But yeah, you know, to what? So what are you trying to prove, or what are you trying to? What are you trying to to, to do? Are you going to make things better by torching somebody like that? I don't know. I like this line. It's one of my favorite lines. If I had like a top ten in the entire scriptures, this would be yeah. on the list that he came to himself um, mm. because it's it's. I don't know if you want to call it a revelatory experience or an epiphany. Or a realization, or a, a humble himself to, enough to recognize what he needed to do, and and that's what he came to himself. I, I just love it, and and I and I feel like you could apply that line to like a, a countless others, to Jonah, to to you know Alma the Younger and Sons of Mosiah, to you know n- a number of other individuals within the scriptures who needed to get to that point. Well. It's an interesting line too, right? Because it kind of sounds weird. He came to himself uh, and the meanings that derives, as you were saying it, this is what I thought of. He came to himself by realizing that he was a son of God and that the atonement works for him. Yeah. And he realized who he was. Uh, so, and when we're able to capture that glimpse of how our father in heaven sees us, it can do wonders for us. It can help us with our pride, <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, not, and nothing matters. And like, uh, you know, I don't want to glorify uh, people who are who are struggling, uh, but I, I read a story about a mission president. This is a couple years ago, uh, who was ex- excommunicated for some things, um, and he but he had messed up, but he knew he messed up, and he came and. Uh, basically self-reported and did the things that he needed to do. And, and you know, met this guy's in a st- at a station that I, up here in Canada, I'm aware of this fellow that, that had this issue. And, uh, like, but it didn't matter. It doesn't matter that I read it or it doesn't matter who's going to read it or who, under- who understands it. What what matters is the, the guy, even though he messed up, uh, he needed to make himself right before the Lord. And he needed to do mm-hmm. And so the fact that he was willing to do that, he came to himself and he, and he, and he, you know, set the path forward. And does that mean that there's going to be consequences? Absolutely. But he was still willing to do what was needed. He humbled himself enough to, to manage it. Mm. And he didn't let the, his position stop him. And, and I read further, I said, that it's talked about how there were missionaries who would like go through a, through a brick wall for this guy because he was such a humble guy and such a mm-hmm. good leader, but, um, you know, he just made mistakes and was trying, trying to make amends for it. So, uh, that's, that goes to, to, to any of us, uh, that it doesn't matter who we are, where we are, if we need to come to ourselves and recognize there's things we need to do, we need to do them. But yeah, and I'll, I'll throw in a plug here that find someone to talk to about things. Uh, I know we're getting a little off tangent. I was talking to a friend today, about another mutual friend of ours who is having some struggles and isn't super comfortable sharing some of those struggles with friends because maybe they're shameful or embarrassing. And this friend and I, talking of another friend, this is getting more confusing, (laughs) uh, talked about how like, there's no judgment though. You, You need to talk, just talk. 
not going to think less of you or think less of someone like just get it off your chest start that healing process because it's hard well, like, and, it's hard and what like some people are going to think you're human like that what's <laughs> it, it's funny how we get so cautious about what we share or what we're what we're willing to talk about but like every yeah. human everyone's going through it and i don't know anybody and this is rule number 1 for bishops i, I you know i would hope that there isn't a bishop in the world who wouldn't be loving and caring and compassionate when somebody came, comes in and is struggling and, and to extend it to ministering brothers and sisters, to friends, to people. If somebody's struggling and just needs to talk, I don't know anybody who's really going to be, um, you know, not show some sort of compassion and want to leave it and help. It's like, you know, clearly you don't want to throw your pearls before swine, but you also, um, you know, go talk to a trusted friend and they'll, They'll want to help. They'll want to. They'll want to listen and be there. Be there for you. Yeah, yeah. Just follow, open up. Be vulnerable. Yeah, be willing to, to do it. And uh, so I want to talk about the father here for a minute because I I gave a talk I would say five or six years ago, and I and I called it. I think I heard this from another talk somewhere uh, where they, they they preferred to call this the uh, parable of the diligent father or the watchful father. Okay. The prodigal son, and that's what I love about. The parables are level of scripture stories is you can put yourself in the story. Okay, am I the prodigal son? Am I the good the kid that stayed? Am I the one of the servants? Am I the Gentile that hired the prodigal son when he was up down on his luck? Or am I the father? Yep. So now that I'm older, I can put myself on the father's uh, <laughs> easier. But uh, I love the the parable of the watchful father that he he watched every day. He looked he looked for his son. Um and you know, here goes. How many times had he looked down the very road his son had taken, and relived the penetrating loss he had felt as his son walked away? How many prayers had he offered in the deep of night, pleading with God that his son would be safe, that he would discover truth, and that he would return? And then he sees this distant figure walking, and he goes and runs to him. I love it. He, that's the sucker. That word it means to run to. He runs to him, and um, I read somewhere else that this was like a if you're a man of station, it's it's not it's uncouth. I don't know if that word makes sense, or it's it, it's it's beneath you to lift your so to run. Period. You can't run because the the way their their garb was in the day, uh, you would have to lift up your your skirt or your shawl or your whatever to to so that you can get the 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 whatever the space for your legs to actually run. Uh, and so it was beneath you to lift your shawl up enough so that you could actually run. And so him suggesting that he ran to his son suggested he would have hiked his, his shawl up or skirt up or whatever. And he would have hoofed her to go find his, his, his son, which again, I just, I love that, that visual that this, mm -hmm. that this father didn't care. <laughs> he was giddy. He didn't care. He's care what the proper uh, etiquette was for him when his his uh, Middle Eastern garb. Uh, he he needed to get to his son, and it didn't matter. Which uh, is lovely. Uh, by the way, nothing you say ever makes sense. But I, th I think I know where you're going with uncouth. So that's good. Uncouth. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, this is lovely. This idea of rather than being that stoic, right? 
Yeah. That's stoic. Oh, you're back. Oh, you're back. Well, well so you finally learned your lesson, son. What did we learn? What? what, what yeah. Did you? Learn yeah. Or- Which uh, I oftentimes go into that mode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, didn't I tell you this would happen? Yeah. But this parable would be telling us that maybe this is the way to act as a father, like how our heavenly father acts towards us. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's good. And uh, yeah, he carries on. He runs to him, throws his arm around him, and kisses him. Father, the son cries out in words he must have rehearsed a thousand times. I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. All I ask is that you take me as a hired servant. So he's humble. He's willing to do whatever it takes. And uh, and the father cuts him off, gives him the finest robe, uh, puts a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, and says, That's, we're going to have a feast. My son has returned. Uh, he didn't care. He just he was so happy that his son returned home, mm-hmm. recognized what, what where he needed to be, and then to put in the work, you know, walking that distance it talked about the fact that he worked for a gentile that carried pigs meant he probably was a great far distance away from from israel and jerusalem and uh so he would have had to hike that distance to get to get home and he did he he, he did the work to get there well this is so lovely symbolic of how our father in heaven reacts to us so right like that if you put in the effort he wants to bless you. He wants you home. He wants you around. He wants you to feel his love. Uh, and he wants you to feel his love, whether you put in the effort or not, to be honest. But yeah. our Father in Heaven is there to be come to you. It's lovely. It's very lovely. And then we have the other flip side of the son who stayed, who's put everything into his family, his father. He's done everything he's ever needed done. He's had to take, do all the burden while this little brat of a younger brother or whatever is gone. And he, yeah, he watched his father just be miserable, just be, yeah, have his heart broken, right? So, like, as a, as, a, as a son, as a diligent son who's trying to do the right things, you're just like, now you're, you're, you're outraged because the son just has come back now. And you're, you're just, your dad set himself up for, for potential for a heartbreak again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I don't know too many people who would fall to the first son or the the son who stayed home. I think no. any of us would be that exact uh, scenario where we would be a little bit bitter, a little bit jilted about uh, you know being overlooked and underappreciated yep. and, and all the things, right? Uh, yeah, and it's important that we do celebrate those that are with us. Right? That's, that's definitely an understandable thing. And so at the end, um, the last part of this whole parable, uh, Elder Uchtdorf picks it up and it goes, All these years, he tells his father, never once have I refused to do a single thing you asked. Yet in all that time, you never celebrated me. The loving father responds, Dear son, all that I have is yours. This is not about comparing rewards or celebrations. This is about healing. This is the moment we have been hoping for all these years. Your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost, but now he is found. And we know that in life in general, we always uh, 
celebrate more what we find when we think it's lost. <laughs> Whether it's a pair of shoes and you're looking for one, you don't celebrate the one that stuck around. <laughs> yeah. But you celebrate when you find the other, or you pay your kid five bucks to find the other, or whatever that looks. I like. pay my kids regularly. Whoever finds this. Uh, I watched uh, a podcast about boy math and girl math and girl math is if I spent money on something and I end up returning it, that's, I gain money. Like <laughs> I, I didn't, like I earned that money back and it's like, it's like uh, anyway, girl math was pretty funny, but um, yeah, whatever we do have something that's lost or that we've, we've earned something that we thought we didn't have anymore. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty, uh, we're pretty happy to get it um likewise if you get something and then it gets taken away you're like devastated (laughs) yeah Yeah. already yeah so the older brother is 100 percent understandable his range of emotions 100 percent. i would act like the older brother without a doubt that's how my reaction would be i was gonna say i've acted like the older brother on much smaller things yeah but i would we're trying to be better yeah, we're always trying to be better. So then this talk goes from covering the parable to discussing applications for us. So I'm just going to jump in to the next part, a parable of our time. <laughs> and this is what Elder Uchtdorf says. Who among us has not departed from the path of holiness? Foolishly thinking we could find more happiness going our own self-centered way. Who among us has not felt humbled, brokenhearted, and desperate for forgiveness and mercy? Perhaps some may even have wondered, is it even possible to go back? Will I be labeled forever, rejected, and avoided by my former friends? Is it better to just stay lost? How will God react if I try to return? This parable gives us the answer. Our Heavenly Father will run to us, his heart overflowing with love and compassion. He will embrace us, place a robe around our shoulders, a ring on our finger, and sandals on our feet, and proclaim, Today we celebrate, for my child who once was dead has come back to life. Heaven will rejoice at our return. So I love that he takes the time at the end to point this out. That no matter where you think you are at in life, (laughs) you can come back and your Heavenly Father will rejoice. And even if it's hard, even if there's all these things that make it hard, you will be celebrated for coming back. I... uh... Jesus Christ has a couple of parables about lost things that are found and, and how we celebrate, how much we celebrate them. And that's not to take anything away from the things that have stayed. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, he continues, he goes, though choices may have taken you far away from the Savior and his church, the master healer stands at the road that leads home, welcoming you. And I love that he used that terminology, the master healer, because earlier he mm-hmm. said, this isn't about celebration and this isn't about consequences this is about healing mm-hmm. that's what is needed more than anything the the the, the prodigal son was broken uh, yeah he, he and he he understood what the position he put himself into he wasn't blaming anybody else 
He wasn't blaming the plague or the famine. He wasn't blaming, you know, he doesn't talk about him blaming all of his friends that disappeared after the money ran dry. Um, you know, he, he came to a point where he recognized that he did this to himself and, yeah. and he was broken and he needed to, to do what he needed to do to, 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 to start to reclaim himself and, uh, and coming home was the first step to, to, to his healing. And Jesus Christ can do that for us. What a blessing it is to be able to figure out that we need healing. Yeah. Because oftentimes a lot of people from outside view will be able to say that person needs help of something. Uh, right? Yeah. Uh, and usually we're not able to pick up that there is something wrong that needs to be healed. So what a blessing for this whole process is that finding out that there is something that needs to be healed and then figuring out where to go to get that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. And I, 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 I see it from time to time where I talk to somebody and I can tell there's something, something going on that the something going on in that person's life. And I don't want to poke and prod and pride or uh, prod too much. Um, but you know, like, you know, hopefully that they're getting what they need, and, and all we can do is is try and love and support and, and try and help people through their things. But uh, um, it's it's a hard thing to witness somebody else struggle, and it's a hard thing when we're struggling and feeling like we're not uh, worth anything to our 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 Savior or our Heavenly Father, or that we we've um, already burned up all of our chances. There's no such thing. Um, uh, he carries on. Uh, he goes, your return will not diminish the blessings of others. For the Father's bounty is infinite, and what is given to one does not in the slightest diminish the birthright of others. I do not pretend that coming back is an easy thing to do. I could testify of that. It may, in fact, be the toughest choice you will ever make. But I bear witness that the moment you decide to return and walk in the way of the Savior and Redeemer, His power will enter your life and transform it. Angels in heaven will rejoice, and so will we, your family in Christ. After all, we know what it's like to be a prodigal. We all rely daily on the same atoning power of Christ. We know this path, and we will walk with you. No, our path will not be free from grief, sorrow, or sadness. Uh, but we came this far by the word of Christ with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. And together we will press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all people. Um, and as I was reading this, it reminded me of another story I read. And it was a fella who left the church. Uh, he was away for 20 years. And he said the, the, the main reason he came back, there were two reasons, uh, that he never felt the, the peace anywhere else that he felt here. Uh, within with with the saints and with uh, worshiping uh, Jesus Christ, and he never felt the power. He goes the 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 power of the priesthood, and the power of God that we have in our church. He goes, I would go visit I can't countless churches, and he goes, and they would say things and they, they all sounded good, but they had no power, they had no authority. And he goes, it was it was it was you could tell. He goes, you didn't you couldn't tell right away, but. You know, give it a little bit of time, and you could tell pretty quick that that the, they were lacking power. And he goes, "I came back, and I felt the power immediately, and I felt the peace." And uh, and he was away for twenty years. I don't know how long this prodigal son was away, uh, mm -hmm. but 
you know, uh, there's space for you. There's space for all of us. And, and our Heavenly Father is ever watchful and ever mindful and just wants us to come to him. And, and he will run to us and he will, he will help us and he will do the things. It uh, doesn't mean it'll be easy, but it'll be worth every effort we make. Well, then it doesn't matter how long it's been. I think that's an important yeah. thing, too, whether it's been a day, a week, a year, 10 years, 20 years, 40 yep. years. The, it doesn't matter. The time and the distance, they don't matter. How far you, can, you can never get far enough that you cannot return. Uh, yeah. What's the one line? Our, our, our direction is more important than our speed. Mm-hmm. At any point, we turn around and start facing God and start making fractional movement back towards him as long as we're headed towards him that's that's the key and it, it doesn't matter how far we get or how, how long it's been um you know it's it's such a good talk i encourage each of you to, to take some time review it listen to it uh mark it up check the cross references uh review it in luke um you know there's there's lots of and there's so many there's a wonderful painting he shares about the son who re- returned and the father embracing him um it's uh it's he does a wonderful job sharing this and i and i really appreciated uh his insight in into in into uh making it a little more real and a little more like something we can relate to uh i i just mm-hmm. love the talk it's a wonderful wonderful one i appreciate it other of course uh greatly for this one so uh take some time read it review it and make sure that you recognize and understand for yourself that there's no nowhere you can go that you cannot live with our, 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 our Heavenly Father. He will make space for you and he will delight in your return. Amen, brother. Love you. Appreciate you. <laughs> Fantastic work tonight. Uh, well, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate the time you take and uh, love you, buddy. Okay. Have a good night. Later. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to General Conference Review. We hope you've enjoyed our in-depth analysis and commentary on the latest conference talks from leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. But please remember, there is no substitute for your own personal study of the conference talks. We encourage you to read and ponder on these messages and to share your own insights and experiences with loved ones, friends, neighbors, and apply the teachings to help you become a better disciple of Christ. Together, we can deepen our understanding and appreciation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for joining us on General Conference Review. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you in future episodes.